0: Hello and welcome to Power to the People Pleasers. My name is Amy Valentine. I am so excited to be here. I want to ask you, does it suck feeling judged? It sure does. And today I am so excited to have my guest Julie Boyer here. She is a gratitude expert, a best-selling author. My goodness, the list goes on. Uh, Intuitive biz and health coach. Uh, Julie, excited to have you here.
1: Thanks Amy, so much fun. So glad that you're doing this and I'm honored to be one of your early guests. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So I would love
0: to hear as we get started on Power to the People Pleasers, how does being a people pleaser show up in your life?
1: It's so interesting Amy, when you first came up with, you know, the idea for your podcast and I was like, you know, this doesn't really apply to me. I I don't know that I would be a, a guest on Amy's podcast. I'm not really I not really a people pleaser. And then I started thinking about it more. And I realized that for me, the way that I am a people pleaser has to do with the way that I deal with my chronic pain. So in the past couple of years, I've sort of come to terms that I have chronic pain, even though I've had it my whole life, but I wasn't really able to admit it. And I noticed that so much of the way that I deal with my pain is by saying things or doing things to make other people feel comfortable with it or to minimize what I'm going through so that I don't disrupt somebody else's plan or somebody else's, you know, ideas because I am not well. And as I was thinking about preparing for our conversation, I just kept thinking about all the times in my life where... I minimized my pain or didn't say anything about it just because somebody else had asked me to do something and I needed to show up for them.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. so when you think about now, you mm-hmm. you've connected that okay, uh, you have some people pleasing I am a I am a recovering people pleaser, which you know. Um, how? would you suggest someone who also is living with this invisible illness, the mm. feeling of uh, people can't see what you're going through in terms of your health, how would you support them? What would you say?
1: Well, it's been a journey for me, especially this past, I don't know, six or seven months in uh, maybe a bit, bit longer. Cause I guess we're in December now. So earlier this year, I, you know, went to my husband and I just said like, I cannot do this anymore. I can't function. I'm not, just everything hurts. I can't work anymore. Mm. And we created a plan so that I could stop working at the end of June and then take the summer off and see how I would do. And part of that plan involved me asking for help a lot more. And so often what I would do in the past, and I still like you, it's, you know, it's a work in progress, Mm -hmm. but I would just do something that would cause me pain or lead to a flare up because I didn't want to ask somebody for more help because I was in my mind, I'm like, I'm already asking for too much help and I don't want to ask for any more. So I'm just going to do it anyway, even though it hurts to do it. And because it's invisible, of course, you know, my family can't see that or others, they don't know. Like you can't, you know, you can't see, like I dealt with endometriosis for 30 years. You can't see endometriosis pain, but Mm -hmm. let me tell you, it's, it's pretty debilitating. So it's that learning to be able to ask for help all the time Mm -hmm. and asking for help before you are in more pain. So um, I don't know if you're familiar with this spoon theory. No, please tell me. No? Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll uh, share that. So for people that live with an invisible illness, there's this um, great theory called the spoon theory. And what it is is that every day we wake up and we have a certain number of spoons. And these spoons are the effort for us to do something. So some days we wake up, getting out of bed requires a spoon because it's painful, it's difficult. And then throughout the day, the little things we do, like emptying the dishwasher or starting the laundry, every one of these things takes a spoon. And sometimes something takes all of our spoons for the rest of the day. For example, meeting up with a friend to go for a coffee or go for a walk, that might take up all of our spoons for that day. And then we have no spoons left. We have nothing left to Mm -hmm. give. And so maybe we'll push ourselves and then we'll make dinner when we get home, which for most people doesn't sound like a big deal. But for someone with, you know, chronic pain, that can be one too far. And then you've stolen a spoon from the next day. Yeah. You wake up the next morning and you now have fewer spoons to start with. And because when you're in chronic pain, it's very hard to recover. Then your spoons just diminish and diminish until where I was, where I literally had no spoons left Mm -hmm. and couldn't do anything. So this idea of asking for help before you need it is one way to recover from this people pleasing, which steals your
0: spoons. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate the uh, visual that you've provided for this example. So these individuals who are struggling with invisible illness, Mm -hmm. you're suggesting that they ask for help more often beforehand what else actually, give me guidance. So the person mm. on the other side of the of the friend who has an invisible illness, you know, I know you have endo- endometriosis. How can an individual like me on the other side be uh, show up for friends like this?
1: That's a really good question. I think it's harder um when you're not in the person's home to like see or notice. How the other person is feeling. And I had a really interesting experience over the weekend. I went to a silent retreat. It was a four hour retreat. Wow. And I was like, oh, four hours? Like, that seems like a reasonable amount of time for me. And it's a silent retreat and it's going to be meditation and other things. I'm going like, to, oh, it's going to be, a you know, like there's no reason why this would make my pain any worse. And yet, just sitting in different – and we were free to move however we needed to and all that. So I didn't feel restricted, but I definitely felt uncomfortable after a while just like sitting away and then I had walked too much outside. It was unstable. My ankle hurt and all these little things. And I – a friend of mine happened to be at the same retreat. I didn't know we were both going to be there.
0: Mm.
1: And at the end of the retreat, we were doing this really cool sort of debrief to each other. We were coming out of the silent retreat and we were doing this debrief to each other where we were sitting side by side, but facing away from each other and sort of whispering into each other's ears to help bring us out of being in silence for, you know, three and a half hours. And one thing I mentioned to her was that, you know, it just, my pain is still with me. Like even during this time, I like, you know, I was like frustrated that my ankle was bothering me and just couldn't feel comfortable. And one thing she said to me was that she's like, yeah, I noticed, I just noticed you how – I could see that you were in pain most of the day. And that – like having someone outside my family acknowledge and see that I was in pain and be – like be aware of it and saying, I see that you're in pain – that is something that a friend or supporter can do. And even if you don't see it, it's like, if I talk to you about my pain and I, cause it's hard, it gets really hard for someone with an invisible illness to talk about it because oftentimes the person we share it with is secretly judging us or we're thinking that that's what's happening. They're belittling our experiences or just saying, well, you know, everybody deals with some kind of pain. So like it's not a big deal. Like just, it's just like normal what you're dealing with. And so I would say as a friend, it's just being acknowledging that first of all, when someone talks about an invisible illness with you, it takes a lot of courage because they're scared that you're judging them most of the time. And to second, to acknowledge that their experience is real, even Mm -hmm. if you might not be able to see it.
0: Well, and for the person on the other side, they may not have any uh, ability to understand what that could feel like, right? So, practicing empathy, even if you don't have the understanding, is important. I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. Julie, talk to talk to me about feeling judged. How how can uh,
1: how does this play in? I think it's the challenge is. Coming from a place of, so for me, because I'm seen as this like gratitude person, like an expert in gratitude, Mm -hmm. and that's how I live. And it is how I live. You can have both. You can live in a way that is grateful and have a really strong gratitude practice and also be in pain a lot Mm -hmm. of the time and also feel uncomfortable and also have a lot of difficulties and challenges. Mm -hmm. Both can live in the same place. And When you're seen in a certain way in the the public eye or even just outside of your own home, it can be scary to admit that actually I'm feeling this way. And so then this fear of being judged for, well, if you're so grateful, if you're doing all these things, like why are you still in pain? If you're good at mindfulness and you do meditation and you spend lots of time in quiet and you're resting, well, like why are you still in pain? Wow. Like, why, why? Like, why would you still be in pain? Because you're doing all this stuff, all the right things, you know, to sort of bring it back to how you and I are connected, you know, through Mm -hmm. our nutrition supplementation business. Mm -hmm. As a person who has been working in nutrition supplementation for 17 years, admitting that I have a lot of pain and inflammation every day and I have my whole life, like saying that out loud to my community was hard yeah. because i was sure that people were judging me because if i'm taking all these supplements and eating all this way and taking care of my gut health how could i possibly still be unwell it's a hard mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. so
0: i'd love to know how did you come to the other side of letting go of the fear of judgment
1: Well, I don't know that I'm completely on the other side, but I will say this is that it actually helped me be more empathetic Mm -hmm. because I realized that if I was so worried about being judged because of my background, then I was like, oh, perhaps sometimes why people are uncomfortable to like share with me or be open with me is because they're worried that I'm going to judge them for not being grateful enough or not having, you know, good gratitude practices or for their nutrition being not good or their gut health and all these other things that I deal with. And also this like understanding that sometimes, you know, we as an expert in our field, we want to help people. I mean, you want to help people. Mm -hmm. I want to help people. And sometimes what happens is the person on the receiving end of our, solicited or unsolicited advice it might feel like we're judging them
0: yeah.
1: right That's and we're big, not there's unsolicited or solicited yeah because <laughs> sometimes the advice is solicited and sometimes mm-hmm. it's not and it feels yeah. like we're judging them for not doing enough or not mm-hmm. having tried something and being on the opposite end of that you know because of course as soon as I started talking about chronic pain like everyone has so many ideas of what's worked for them and I'm like I I think what's super hard is like, I wish that all these things had worked for me and I feel like I've tried so many things. I'm not going to stop trying, but sometimes you just want to stop trying. And so it's like understanding the person on the other side of my advice and guidance may be feeling the same. Like, Mm. oh my gosh, I'm just so tired of people like judging me that I haven't done enough for my own pain and and body or whatever. Yeah. You know, I just maybe was trying to just share my story and I didn't necessarily need your... Your advice. Yeah, I, I think a great question that I try and practice
0: uh, is, uh, am I here to listen? Like, am I here for you to vent? Am I here for you to just share? Or do you want my guidance? Do you want my mm-hmm. input? Uh, that's a, a, a practice as well, <laughs> mm-hmm. but can be a great question to ask the other the person on the other side of the mm-hmm. conversation. hmm mm-hmm. So, Julie, you are the gratitude guru. Wake up with gratitude. You have your own podcast that is very, very successful. How does gratitude uh, impact your well-being?
1: I mean, that's that's a long, <laughs> long answer <laughs> to talk about. I was thinking about this yesterday. You know, as I'm kind of going through this time where I'm not. I'm. I stopped asking, like, why do I have pain? Because that doesn't actually help me. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about, you know, it's very confusing to me that my pain seems to be getting worse. And um, I'm just confused about that because I feel like I'm doing a lot of things to rest and care for myself and all these things. So I was like, yeah. okay. Um, so I can be in this place where I feel like my pain is worse and I have a gratitude practice. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that like I'm not going through this time of difficulty and frustration. It means that I'm looking for gratitude throughout my day. I'm waking up with gratitude, which as trite as that sounds, that is my one sort of best piece of advice for those looking to start a gratitude practice is like focus on waking up in the morning and starting your day with a moment of gratitude. And mine is simply to, I share, I just say my morning mantra, just say it in my head. Thank you for this gift of another day and the opportunity to be of service to others and to make a difference in this world. And that's just the mindset I start my day with. And sometimes I'll be sitting in pain and I'll just look around and I'll look, you know, I've got my dogs next to me on the couch and I am grateful that I can just like be here and lie on the couch or by the fire. And it doesn't mean that I'm not frustrated or upset or like, you know, trying to figure out like, cause my business is, you know, I don't know what's going on with my business. Cause I've not really been able to work and I don't know what that looks like. And there's financial stress and all these things, right? All that stuff exists. And at the same time, the gratitude shows up. I, I looking constantly for those moments just to be grateful because I feel like the other option is to be, to just get worse and worse and worse in a mindset, get deep down in the like feeling Mm -hmm. sorry for myself or frustrated. And we know from so much research and so much, you know, evidence that our mindset does affect how, what shows up in our life, what we attract in our life, and how we function in the world. So I'm very much holding these two ideas together at all times.
0: Wow. Yeah. I love that. And you know, what's coming up for me is this feeling that perhaps part of your gift is to bring more awareness to these and in the invisible illness feeling and to help be a voice for people because you, you have a voice and you you do speak about lots of things and you're comfortable speaking about things and Not everyone is. Not everyone has Mm -hmm. those skills. And so how? in what other ways are you sharing this story with people other than podcasts,
1: Julie? So before I took my break, I was posting sometimes 30 to 40 pieces of content a day. It's no longer sustainable for me. (laughs) Cannot do that. Mm -hmm. So I have... I love to write. I've been a writer my whole life. You know, do, part of my work this summer was kind of going through some old memory boxes that I have.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I found writing from, you know, second grade, telling stories. And so I love to write. And what I do now is I get these inspirations for writing and I will write something. And the writing is about, it's either going to be about my sunrise because that's, I wake up with gratitude and go watch a sunrise. And I will tell it as a story. And that story will bring people with me into that sunrise experience. And the other way is that I do cold immersions. So I go dip in the ocean. I'm going <laughs> to ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah. So this again, so, you know, you would think, You know, I've seen like stories of people that do cold immersion and their pain just miraculously disappears. And that is not the case for me. Mm -hmm. But for my mental health, it is a really important practice. So I go in the ocean twice a week. The ocean's about eight degrees Celsius right now. So it's not like it's cold, but it's not like brutally cold. (laughs) It's, I mean, it's cold, but it's not, you know, and I practice mindfulness and presence and just being in the water. And then I write words and stories about what's going on with my body and my pain and how Mm -hmm. I'm treating myself and all these things. And so I will write something that's about 30, 30 seconds to no more than three minutes long. So I write, Mm -hmm. and then I make a video from my cold immersion, uh, and make that into like a TikTok or a Facebook video. So that's, and that comes out, When it comes out i no longer i can i can no longer be a slave to the algorithms anymore i just
0: i love that thank you so i'm so curious uh i don't live near the ocean Mm. um, and there's lots of people who wouldn't have access to even a lake what Mm. are some other strategies for you know instead of the going in the ocean or the lake in terms of that cold immersion that you would invite others to try
1: So this one's really common, and athletes do this, is a cold ice bath. Mm. So you don't need to be an athlete to benefit from a cold ice bath. Like if you have a bathtub and you fill it with cold water, Mm -hmm. likely tap cold is probably enough. You don't need to add ice to it. You don't have to have access to an ice machine to fill your bathtub with cold water. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not always convenient for people, but I feel like that is easier to do than a cold shower. So people Mm – I know lots of people that do this. I don't find this comfortable. I I like the like gradual going in because your feet have more nerve endings than you're anywhere in your body, including your hands. So when your feet go first and you slowly work your way in, it's less of a shock to your body. Mm -hmm. I don't like the water coming from above me. That being Mm -hmm. said, ending your shower with 30 seconds of cold is recommended any time of the year at all times. It's really good for your body it's just not a practice that I enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. right. Very good info.
0: Yeah. So I want, I want to circle back Julie to the, you know, the topic, are you feeling judged? Mm. Any other tips or strategies for people who might be listening to this, uh, who can relate to invisible illness, feeling mm. judged? What else would you leave them with?
1: a mantra that i had for the summer and that i keep reminding myself of is that i don't owe anyone anything. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Because often those of us who have invisible illness, we just always feel like we just can't do enough, can't give enough and it's like remembering that you you being is already enough. Mm. Tough one. And I just remind myself, I don't owe anyone anything. I don't owe you a TikTok video of my dip. Mm -hmm. I don't owe you a sunrise photo. I don't owe you a phone call. I don't owe you my presence. not saying I don't want to do these things, but it's just remembering that like, if I don't answer all the comments on Facebook because it hurts me right now to use my phone, okay, like I don't, I'm not going to worry about the fact that people are like not getting a response, but for me, it could potentially be like, how rude. She didn't answer my comment. I'm sure most people don't do that, but yeah. it's another way we feel judged, right? Well,
0: releasing that pressure, right? Rele- just releasing the pressure. I think this is a message for everyone, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially <Yeah>. people pleasers, <laughs> whether you have chronic pain or not, mm-hmm. right? We are enough. We're doing enough. Yeah. Yes.
1: Wow. I met someone this weekend, we were making wreaths in my friend's garage mm-hmm. and this person had just lost their husband. Tragic, right? Very mm-hmm. upsetting time, very difficult time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she said, you know, we were talking about social media and she said, oh, you know, I just, I feel like I need to be on Facebook to like let people know I'm okay or, you know, keep them posted on how I'm doing. And and she said, it's just so tiring for me. Right. And I said, Yeah. So and don't. so don't <laughs> yeah. you don't owe anyone anything and she's like oh I hadn't and thought about that she's mm-hmm. like well my family's worried about me and I'm like okay well then they can text you yeah right you don't need to publicly show up on social media and you don't even need to listen you don't even need to reply to a text message do you know Elise mm-hmm. Myers do you know who Elise Myers is
0: No, I'm not familiar with her.
1: She is uh, an amazing actor, comedian, content creator on TikTok. She's absolutely fabulous. Well, maybe after we can edit, like you can add her TikTok to the links because she is incredible. And she is definitely someone who um, I think a lot of people that are people pleasers would relate to because her stories are often about that. And also now how she doesn't give any Fs. (laughs) And, you know, she was just saying, it's like, she doesn't answer text messages Mm -hmm. because a text message, it's just, it's like a demand on your time, right? Yeah. That's what it is. And so you can choose not to answer it because you don't owe anyone anything.
0: I love that. And you know what? There were so many sentences that you just said in the last probably two minutes where it said need to should have to, that's a big one that I work on with my clients is -hmm. this feeling of pressure And the words that we're using, if we're using these kinds of words out loud, imagine the kinds of words that we're using in our head when we're saying, I need to do this and I should do that, right? Very, very. uh, I love that mantra. I don't know anyone. I don't owe anyone anything. That's great, Julie. Thank you. So, how can people connect with you after this audio they're listening to?
1: The. Easiest way to find me is on Facebook. That's where I spend the majority of my time. So you can look up Wake Up With Gratitude photography, Wake Up With Gratitude or my name. That's where I spend a lot of my time on social media. And uh, Amy's, you know, for those watching the video, Amy's posted my website as well, wakeupwithgratitude.com. And I, another thing that I stopped doing, so I had a weekly newsletter that I Mm -hmm. sent out for over four years every single week. And I had to let that go. And so now it comes out around once a month. <laughs> <Beautiful>. <laughs>
0: and
1: that's, Beautiful. it's fun. That's what it, it is. is. It's, it's hard to let that go, but I don't owe anyone anything, especially mm-hmm. not a weekly newsletter. Mm-hmm.
0: Love that. Love that. And uh, perhaps we can all let go of uh, judging ourselves mm-hmm. and consider noticing where we might be judging others and, and let go of that practice as well. So I want to thank you so much, Julie, for being on power to the people pleasers. And I invite those who have checked out this podcast, please to stay tuned for our next episode coming next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. See you later.